my name is Brandon, and with me is my friend Thomas Garbrick. Today we're going to read James chapter 4, verses 4 through 12, where we will learn about how we can submit ourselves to God as opposed to um, falling into the temptation of worldly things. I guess we could do a, a quick introduction. Um, so, obviously, I'm Brandon, um, work as a software engineer at State Farm. I've been a Christian for since about since I was 11 or 12 was when I was baptized. Uh, met Thomas. I think it's been about a year. Or so 2020. Ago. So yeah. looking at a couple years now. So I've been indicator for two. Okay. So yeah, we quickly met when I started attending First Christian Church here in Decatur in September of 2020. So uh, I moved from Columbus, Ohio to Decatur. Then uh, originally for my first job, I was a, a journalism major coming out of school. I accepted a job as a morning TV news anchor at the local affiliate here in town, WAND, and just felt like God was calling me to step away from that and, you know, step into, you know, other vocational ministries. And so I've switched jobs a few times now. And so um, I'll be switching jobs here pretty soon again. And so um, we're fi really figuring out, you know, what God wants me to do. So it's an exciting time uh, in my life of just trusting God. I'm currently a a youth intern at First Christian Church. So uh, Brandon and I do what's called Student Life. It's our youth group ministry for middle school and high school kids. And I've had the distinct honor and, and privilege of getting to um, work with our with our youth pastor, Heather, to um, plan those events, to plan what a Sunday uh, youth group looks like. And I've gotten the opportunity to speak and, and pour into the lives of those students. So uh, ministry is, is a passion for the both of us. And so we're both exploring that in our mid-20s, hence why we call ourselves Young Disciples. <laughs> yeah, basically. Thank you. Great intro. Um, today we're, we're going to read James chapter 4, verses 4 through 12, uh, again, where we'll learn about um, the ways that we can submit ourselves to God and how James calls us and um, calls us to submit ourselves to God as opposed to submitting ourselves to worldly things and um, figuring out how to discern how we can submit ourselves to God and not um, not jump on the bandwagon of whatever's newest, hottest, uh, sexiest thing that the world is trying to offer us that isn't really, isn't, isn't what honors God. Um, let's pray. Um, God, I thank you for today. I thank you for this time that we get to spend together, um, studying your word. And, um, I just pray that you'll bless this time and the people listening to this podcast and that, um, we'll honor you in it and that, um, the words that we speak will be a reflection of you and your word and truth. Um, and not a reflection of Thomas or or I. I mean, we, um, there may be some our perspective on things, but I pray mm -hmm. that it'll honor you. Yes, Father. Um, and I just pray that um, you'll bless this time and this this evening slash night, uh, whenever people are listening to this um, during the day. And I pray all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Uh, yeah. So we'll just you know jump right into to James chapter 4, verses 4 through 12. So for those of you who want to follow along, head on to your Bible app or 
pull out your Bible and I'll start there. But I'll just start with the fact that the, the subheading of this chapter is submitting yourself to God. And so we're going to kind of unpack that idea starting in verse four. So it says this, James chapter four, verse four, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think scripture says without reason that he jealousy longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us, but he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Verse 11 goes on to say, Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. Verse 12 concludes with, There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? Right. James 4, verses 4 through 12. And so the biggest thing I just want to you know talk about, I love the book of James. It's one of my favorite um, books in the Bible simply because... Um, for a lot of our viewers, including, you know, ourselves, we were talking about this beforehand. It's a very convicting, you know, piece of scripture here that we're, we're going to dive into because, uh, James is really asking ourselves as, as Christian followers for those who are, you know, exploring their relationship with Jesus, this idea of what it means to follow Jesus. It is really doing a lot of self-examination of things in your life. Are you truly submitting yourself to God? Are you following Jesus every day? And so it starts off with this idea of um, being a friend with the world versus being a friend with God. And, you know, for, for young people like ourselves, you know, in our 20s, uh, the world sells us on this idea that we have to be so extravagant with our lifestyle. We need to be out, you know, whether it's the party scene or just the way we're presenting ourselves with uh, successes and and money and, and that everything that, you know, we are of value for comes down to, you know, whatever job that we're doing. And so... I want to preface it with the fact that um, obviously it goes down to the part where, you know, who are we to judge? And so uh, Brandon and I are, you know, coming out here talking about these things, but in no means if you're listening to this and you feel convicted of it is, you know, we're not judging you. I was, you know, far from perfect in my uh, early college years. I was definitely um, someone who was a friend of the world. Um, a friend of the, you know, the party scene, so to speak. And um, through God's grace, I've learned and felt those experiences of why those are so damaging um, to um, not just your faith, but your your personal life as well. And so it's, it's very easy to be sold by the world, right? Because of peer pressure to fit in. But James is very explicit that it is just, it is not worth it. And he concludes in this piece that God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Um, you know, it is a good thing to be motivated to want to be successful, right? 
but it's another thing to just walk in humility. Now we always joke about it. It's like, you can't call yourself humble, right? Because then you're not being humble, but there's just something about walking in, in quiet confidence. You are happy with your life. You've, you're asking yourself every day, Lord, you know, how can I honor you today? How can I uh, live with faithfulness and obedience and honor you? And those are where, you know, the people in my life that I, I look to, um, all the pastors in my life, friends in my life who, um, they're successful people, but they um, are very quiet about it. You know, they don't boast about it. They don't brag about um, what they do. It's okay to, you know, celebrate your vic- your personal victories in your life. But I think, you know, what James is telling us is that, you know, the world is going to sell us that you have to put yourself on a pedestal. You need to post on social media. Oh, I got that big job promotion. Oh, you know, look at all these things in my life that are going well. But James, you know, reminds us that when you submit yourself to God, you're responding to God. You talk to him about those successes. And so, again, there's nothing wrong with um, sharing your life with people, sharing your life with the world, but it's your approach about it is making sure that you are humbling yourself, you know, before the Lord, before you post anything on social media, before you say something to somebody. So just a really fascinating, you know, piece of scripture here in James. Yeah. So thank you, Thomas, for... um for reading that and just sharing a little bit about what stuck out to you in this passage. Um, so now we'll dive into some reflection questions to help us think about um, what this passage talks about and how we can apply it to our lives. Um, so the first question I have, or the first thing topic that we'll touch on or talk about is uh, friendship with the world versus friendship with God. Um, so I guess the the question would be like, what What does this mean? I know you talked about how in, in the past you mentioned you'd struggle and um, like during your college years to just mm-hmm. think about, you know, just like not to dog on you or anything, but like I think a lot of people in their 20s, um, I, I was, I'm a pretty quiet, reserved person, or at least I have been a lot of my life. So, um, but for someone that's, yeah, I, I, I could see that how the world is like, you know, look at, look at what, look at what I've done. Look at these great things that I've done. Um, but I, I guess the question I have is like, I guess for me, what does that look like? Um, or what, what should that look like for, for the people listening? Sure. At least for me personally, um, being in a friendship with God means, um, getting to know him, spending time with him just like any other friend. Um, it's obviously, or it's, it's different because it's not someone that you, it's not like we're, there isn't really like a physical being that you're sitting in front of talking to, to get to know. But I believe that through the Holy spirit and through, um, just through prayer, um, and because of Jesus, dying and saving us from our sins, we, we can spend time in prayer and get to know God, um, that way. And also, you know, the Bible, it's, it's kind of, it's stories about Jesus, a a person, uh, a guy that was fully man and fully God. So, um, yeah, for me, friendship with God looks like spending time doing my devotional, um, or I started off pacing myself, just doing like once or twice, maybe three times a week. Um, now I've got it to where I try to do it 
I try to do it every day. That doesn't always happen. I'm not perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, at least setting aside a minute, five minutes, if you can, 10 to 15 minutes of your day. Uh, I would, I typically try to do the beginning, the, give God the first fruits um, of my day, um, and just just spend time doing a devotional, whether it's on the YouVersion Bible app or finding a passage in Scripture to read. Um, you know, if you're looking for something, I would recommend starting with the Gospel. So just reading uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, just reading those uh, is a good way to get to know Jesus. But yeah, I think friendship with God, just um, the main point to build a relationship is just like a, a physical friendship that we see in the world, just uh, spending time with them. So uh, I know you talked about it a little bit. Is there anything else you want to add or like um, what what is friendship with God versus friendship with the world? Um, sure. So, you know, when I talk to people who might be interested in their faith, I always approach this kind of idea of, your, your friendship versus the world and your friendship versus God, you know, I ask them, you know, what are some of the life choices that you're making? Um, because at the root of your faith, um, for, for new listeners or for um, just, you know, new, newfound believers, right? At, you know, at the core of, of being a Christian, being somebody who is, is a follower of Jesus, it's about making, you know, healthy, positive choices for your life. And so, you know, I talked about the example of, you know, the, the quote unquote, the, the nightlife scene, so to speak. And, um, that is one that you have to really navigate because scripture clearly says that, you know, drunkenness is a sin. And so I think that there is, you know, this idea in the world that to be a follower of Jesus, you can't be cool. Right. Like, and that's where, you know, Brandon, myself and so many other young adults here in Decatur, and I know around the world, are out to break that stigma that you can be a a fun, good person in your twenties, and however however old you are, you can be a youth, you can be a you know mom or a dad with kids, you could be you know a retired person, you can be a cool, fun person and follow Jesus, and that w- that is just something that I'm out to break the mold. That yeah, obviously your life choices change when you follow Jesus. There are certain things that you understand that are important to abide by, like. You know, understanding that there's a fine line. If you if you choose to partake in in drinking alcohol, there's a fine line. As a Christian, you have to understand that you're not going to tiptoe with um, sin of drunkenness. And so, that's the biggest thing. You know, that I tell people, it's like you're the world tells you, like, hey, live it up. Who cares if you wake up the next morning and don't remember what happens? Um, and again, you know, we're not here to judge you in that sense. Uh, I just realized I got to the point where I was like, I'm not proud of the things that I'm doing because the world was selling me on that. And I was very lucky to have people in college who pursued me to steer me away from that. And, you know, for us, it's, you know, we have this high level of accountability being small group leaders uh, for youth group. We have kids who count on us to to be leaders in their life, right? And so um, the world's going to sell you that who cares? Just worry about yourself, you know, be selfish, you know, have a great time. 
But, you know, being, you know, in relationship with God realizes that your relationship with God is between you and him. But at the end of the day, if you are a follower of Jesus, you want to ultimately glorify and grow God's kingdom. And so it's neat to have, you know, those accountability people in your life, your, your good friends. But two, to have to realize like, hey, if we're going to be healthy small group leaders, we have to really be answering ourselves to God every day, yeah. knowing that we are, you know, hopefully being positive influences to the to the kids that we, you know, have the gift and, um, you know, pleasure and honor of getting to minister to. So um, it's definitely, you know, a tough subject. And, you know, if you feel like you are um, a friend of the world right now, you can always reach out to Brandon and I, and we are happy to talk to you. Um, we've walked through those, you know, days. We've been through those, you know, tough times. And we're always here for you. It's a, I always tell people I'm a judgment-free zone. I want you to feel like you can talk to me. I'm not going to judge you. I want to help you. I want to listen to you. I want to hear kind of where you're at in your life. I may have not been a partier, but um, <laughs> there were definitely like to be vulnerable, you know, things that are of the of this world would be like pornography or sex before marriage. And that's something that like pornography, I think pretty much 99% of guys have struggled with that. And the other 1% are either really weird or Absolutely. probably lying. So, um, but yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think, um, and I mean, if you, if you, if you are the 1% that, that has never, or has never struggled with pornography, I mean, that's great. Um, great work, but yeah. I, the reality is most guys have. Right. And so I think, um, and not that women haven't, but just, I just know it's from what I've heard statistically or what I've my experience has been it's a lot of guys struggle with that and right. I, that was something that something that would be like friendship or like d dwelling in the world is just absolutely it's, it's okay to do this when obviously it's it's not that's it's a temporary high you know that's what what lust and and temptation is and um yeah like you said it, it goes for for both sides right it goes for for men and women, you know, we are sold on this idea of, you know, guys call it the locker room talk, right? Talking about um, other females. And at some point, you just you get to the point where, um, at least for me, I was like, man, you know what, I don't think I would, you know, feel good that if I had, you know, kids one day, if I had a daughter, I would not appreciate if, um, if I were aware that, you know, other boys were, talking about my daughter like that and vice versa if other girls were talking about my son like that and so that's where I you know I really realized that um you know as we grow in our spiritual maturity that you just you come to these pivotal circumstances where you realize it's like okay is it really worth being a friend of the world in that sense is it really appropriate to be you know talking about other people in a very you know lustful uh, way and so I know that you know women you know can relate to that as well when talking about other guys and so it's it's just so important like you said to navigate those temptations um, it's very easy to get sucked into potentially you know being in a group of people who are like yeah like you know um, everyone's open about people watching you know pornography and, and stuff like that and um, the world again sells you that this idea of hooking up with people is is a great thing and and you know dating it, God designed us to be in relationship in one another, but in a very healthy and respectful way. So again, if that's something that you're look you're trying to navigate, uh, Brandon has been married now for what almost two years. Almost two years. Almost yeah. two years. Um, 
And so Brandon is somebody that, you know, I look up to in terms of um, him and his wife, Kenzie, and how they've, you know, been in a, in a God-honoring relationship. And he'll tell you that, you know, obviously that they had their, they had really, you know, really, really good moments. And then obviously they had moments where they had to be upfront and honest about things that were, that were tough, but you guys always navigated through that. And so, yeah, if that's a conversation you guys would like to have with us, we would be more than happy to do that. But it's interesting, you know, that James four through 12, it has like all these subtopics, right? And so our, you know, next big question is this idea that, you know, God opposes the opposes the proud, but shows um, favor to the humble. And so what does that mean for us? And it's interesting that, you know, in verse 10, it reiterates this point about being humble. It says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. And, you know, being totally upfront and honest, um, being a journalism major, um, being in college, it was a very competitive field. Um, you know, we were all, there was, you know, several of us trying to get, you know, certain positions within our journalism school at the TV station that we all worked for. And I'll be totally honest with you. Like I was a very arrogant person. Um, and that's just kind of the field of, of TV and journalism is that, you know, people are very confident in themselves. And, uh, there's a difference between, um, being confident and, and being arrogant. That's something that I struggled with, even when I stepped into a leadership position, um, as a sports director, and I caught myself just being, you know, just very arrogant, very hard on people, very rude. And I realized that I was being a very, you know, poor leader. I was mismanaging this, you know, huge opportunity that God had given me to be a mentor uh, my junior year in college. And luckily, my senior year, I was able to do it again. And my faith was growing at that point. And I realized I was like, wow, like I need to take verse 10, humble myself before the Lord, and he'll lift me up. I realized I needed to really take that to God and be like, you know what, I can, I need to be a good mentor. I need to be someone who is building people up just like, you know, our, our heavenly father does for us. So I would encourage you something that I started asking myself every day um, is God, how can you use me today to glorify your kingdom? And so as I continue to ask that question, it started to reveal the things in my heart was like, hey, Thomas, you can do this better. You can be more compassionate. You can be more loving. You can be more understanding. And that's where it's just so important for us in in a culture of where we love to boast about ourselves. Um, I would even encourage when it comes to use of social media, right, that we are so quick to post what's on our minds. We're so quick to be like, man, look at me. Look at the successes. Something I started doing, you know, a couple of years ago was, I would, you know, go to the point where I would even pray before I posted about anything because I wanted to make sure that I wasn't boasting in what I post about. And so if you go on my Facebook now, you'll see most of the stuff that I post about is usually about what we're doing at youth group because I want to see and showcase that, you know, look at the wonderful things that is happening um, indicator in, in our community in not just our church, but all the surrounding churches and not just uh, Decatur, Illinois, but around the world. And so um, that those are two big things in my life that I really needed to have God prune in me, prune out of, and really just uh, be more intentional and realize, you know, hey, when I post stuff like that, when I'm, you know, behaving the way I am, like it, I need to make sure that I'm humbling myself before the Lord and making sure the words that are coming out of my mouth are honoring, honoring God. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. Thanks for being vulnerable. Um, yeah, it's really, really important and helpful. Um, yeah, the next question is verse 11. It says, 
Um, Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. Uh, Then verse 12, it says, there are only... There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? So that's the question. Mm, Uh, Who are you to judge your neighbor? Um, You know, and Jesus calls us love, love thy neighbor, love your neighbor, regardless of. For me, um, I I think just love your neighbor regardless, uh, regardless of. Uh, which can be really hard. Love may not necessarily mean I agree with 100% of what my neighbor does or believes, but maybe love is just saying and you know saying hi to them um, or waving to them um, or asking them how their day was if you have an opportunity to do that or asking them how their week was or what their plans are for the weekend. Just wherever God calls you, um, obviously don't do something that doesn't feel right or doesn't feel mm-hmm. like it's something that is God's calling you to do. But, um, but yeah, just who are you to judge your neighbor is the question that James asks. And yeah. also just the question that, um, that I think that we, um, we can ask ourselves. Um, it's a very convicting question right and yeah and let's be let's be honest like you know brandon you've grown up in the church your whole life i went to church until i was about 12 had a pretty big gap started going to church again when i was 20 but you know this is where church hurt happens for people is um people in pastoral positions people in the church will judge them for maybe previous mistakes or maybe some sin that you know that they're trying to work through and it's tough, right? And so it's important as, you know, we acknowledge the fact that even as Christians, we still mess this up from time to time. And it's so important that we, you know, remind ourselves that, like this, it says, is that there is only one lawgiver and judge, and that's God. He's the one who who saves, but also destroys. And so that's the biggest thing that, you know, I just want to tell people right now, whether you're a believer or if you're a non-believer, is that um, the best thing that I, you know, share to people is, you know, we as Christians, we can control what we control, right? And so the biggest thing is the fact that, yes, we may not agree with what you're doing, um, but um, we can accept you um, as people, and but maybe not necessarily affirm what you're doing. And so just like I know that people may not agree with, you know, my love for sports, but people still accept me for who I am. And it's, it's a very controversial world that we live in, right? You know, there's all these, you know, different topics of issues when it, when it comes to, um, you know, homosexuality and, you know, how, how does the church, you know, view that? And I've always just landed on this idea that, look, you know, the Bible, you know, says what it says about that. And, you know, we as Christians, we honor that and believe in that. But I've always told people, I've always told the students that I've got to teach for Sunday school for youth group is that it does not matter who that person is. Um, They are still created in the image of God. And so that means it doesn't matter what the color of their skin is. It doesn't matter what the size of their ears are. It doesn't matter, you know, what they choose to believe. You still love that person because Jesus does the same. Jesus does not forsake us. He chases after us. He runs after all of us. And so I, you know, I would be reminiscent to sit here and say that, like, you know, 
with all the mistakes that I've made in my life, you know, who am I to be the judge of somebody else um, when it comes to how they're doing their life? So there needs to be a healthy level of discernment, right? And accountability uh, for people in your life. Like we, we are called to not allow and enable, you know, necessarily bad behavior, but we have to be, you know, God honoring in the sense that, hey, we can love people well and try to, you know, encourage them and guide them um, to have those conversations with Jesus. So it's very important that we understand that it is not our place to judge one another. Um, yeah, thanks for talking about that um, homosexuality and what the Bible says about it is a pretty sensitive topic, especially for um, people that don't wouldn't call themselves Christians. Um, but even people that are Christians uh, may have loved ones that are struggling with homosexuality or just have different ideas um, on what's okay and what's not okay. So uh, I'll, we'll most likely talk about that, maybe not in this podcast, or might be better for a one-on-one conversation. But if we do, we'll, that'll be a special episode in itself. Right. Um, because it is such a sensitive topic. Yeah. And what I want to, you know, add to that is just the fact that, you know, we see in the Bible that, you know, Jesus takes so many different people with, you know, what we would call a, a checkered past, right? And my favorite example in the Bible is, is Paul, because Paul was, you know, he was crucifying and, and killing Christians, right? But Jesus took this man and said, you know, Paul, you're not going to do this anymore. Like, I love you, and I'm going to pursue you and be relentless with that. And you see how Paul ends up becoming such a huge, you know, driving force in in Jesus's ministry. So um, we just want you to know that, you know, Jesus is pursuing you, whether, you know, you realize it or not. And, you know, our job as um, his disciples is to love you and welcome you through the door with open arms. And so I experienced that in my life with people. Uh, people did not judge my past. They simply said, we want to, you know, learn more about your past. We, we want to learn kind of the, the why's did it happen? And, you know, where would you like to see that grow? And so that's where I would encourage you that if you are um, struggling with this idea, if you don't think you're going to be accepted, um, if you walk through a church door, you know, I'll be the first one to tell you, you don't have to be a, a special person to walk through the door. Um, that is such a big thing because if you're in the right healthy church setting, you know, you should be with people who are um, being truthful and real with you, but they aren't judging you and crucifying you. Because again, that isn't our job as disciples. And that's where we have to continue to humble ourselves and discern ourselves and realize that the things that we say do matter uh, to people. And so that's the biggest thing that I want to offer to you is that we're always here for an open conversation. We want to have those uh, discussions with you. And we just want you to know that uh, Jesus is pursuing you. He's chasing after you. He wants to have a relationship with you, no matter what you're going through. And so we're excited for you if you're a, a new believer or someone who's curious about their faith and, you know, would like to, you know, have that conversation about, you know, what it would look like to follow Jesus. As a reflection question, what is one thing in your life that you need to submit to God whether mm. um, this week? Um, for instance, What's one thing that you need to surrender to God that doesn't honor Him? Thomas, will you pray us out? Absolutely. Um, Heavenly Father, just first and foremost, we love you. Um, and we just pray that, um, like Pastor Rick Grace often prays, that the words that came out of our mouths tonight in this podcast and when people listen, um, that they would just, that our words um, honored and glorified you, uh, God, because we are after your kingdom. 
we were after, uh, the glory of, of what it means to see other people, um, you know, come to know your son, Jesus. And we know God, that we, we can't do that. We know that your power, um, and your goodness is going to do that. And so God just help us as, as disciples of, of your nation, just help us live in humility. Um, let us keep ourselves in check. Let us have the accountability partners in our life to live with such grace and openness, God. And just, I, I encourage all of us to just open our arms to everybody and anybody in our lives. We are designed and created and uniquely different for a reason, God. And so I would just pray that we would start accepting other people for their differences rather than trying to be the judge and to try and, and tell them how to live their lives. God, that is not our job, Father. And so I just pray for discernment in that. I pray that we would also, though, be able to keep each other accountable and be truthful when we are concerned for our friends and loved ones if they're doing stuff that we think is um, maybe going to lead them down um, a risky path, God. But just thank you for, for your word. Thank you for the book of James. And thank you that it gives us um, some really strong clarity about how we are called uh, to live as followers of your son, Jesus. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen.